That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, welcome to this next episode of Same Old Song, also known as Sound Effects from Jason's Office. In this episode, you may hear squeaking chairs, sirens, jackhammering, and all the joys that Manhattan can offer in an auditory sense. We'll also be talking about the readings of Acts 1, 15 through 17, and verses 21 through 26, 1 John 5, 9 through 13, and closing it out with John 17, 6 through 19. Jake, I thought I would use my prayer voice for this podcast. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. You are the voice from Women's Day of Prayer. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Women's Day of dear Prayer. Lord. Dear, dear Lord. Father God. Father God, Father God, Father God. So anyway, Father here God, we are. Father, Father God, we just we just come before you now. Get the undress oh. me, Jesus candles Well, you're up. here to name it so. and claim it, folks, for Easter 7, the seventh Sunday of Easter, mm-hmm. and we're glad you're here with us. Thank you for uh, indulging our tomfoolery and shenanigans at the top yep. of the show. But Jake, it's uh, important do you think to you'll... Uh, it's yeah, important to know we still are in Easter, and so even though the Heck peeps yes, are, are stale, the only jelly beans left are licorice, um, <laughs> we are still celebrating the resurrection and all of its glory. And um, yeah, Amen. yeah. so here we come to uh, these very, I mean, I'm still a little speechless by the voice and how long you went with it. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to double down on that, Jake. You can't just, you, you got to just go, go full full bore on that so uh <laughs> the the readings are, we're continuing with the with the book of acts we're, we've been in first john the first epistle of john mm-hmm. and and uh we continue to read these teachings of jesus from john 17 kind of as mm. he's getting ready to to die yeah um really but full of great stuff. teachings and so we're we're kind of after easter but looking at what he taught before he died in light of easter and all this yeah um, and it's because so, and it's yeah. because on one level the new testament as a whole is a description of who you are in light of everything that jesus has done for you and so when you especially hear uh, what he's done for you and uh and who you are as a result of that um in the end of gospel of john so amen and amen well, uh, yeah, and the other thing to note is, uh, just in terms of regular life, the, your parishioners are, by the time this airs, I mean, like even right now, every adult in America can get a vaccine, and uh, soon we hope that uh, young teens can get a vaccine, and then kids, and at some point you're going to start coming back to church, but, and Pete, we're kind of going to come out of the pandemic a little, I don't know, who knows, we're predicting the future yeah, a little bit here, I think but at the same time, I think... Just know that you're you're continuing to preach to people that are worn out, that are burned out, that are uh, 
hoping but not sure if they can be optimistic. Just still kind of a lot of uncertainty in life. Uh, your congregation, if you're anything like me, preachers who are listening, your congregation has gotten a major reset through the pandemic. There's people that sort of have ghosted, may or may not come back. New people that have shown up. It's just been a... In every sphere of life, the pandemic has reset a lot of things, and that's true for church as well. So just make sure you continue to offer a word of grace. And if you're uh, looking to offer something else, find another podcast. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so we open up and we see uh, here this uh, first chapter of the Acts. Jesus has just ascended, and um, they are getting ready to uh, put their plan in place, just like all of you ministers. You know, maybe you've lost uh, one of your uh, your associates while... Um, during the pandemic, and you need to discern who you're going to call next. And so, this is basically the setting of our Acts reading. Judas has uh, Judas has hung himself, and uh, they are looking to appoint uh, a new apostle. And uh, what do we get to see in there, uh, uh, there, Aaron? Uh, my name is Aaron. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> But I can understand. You've got pandemic brain, and we're not that close, so it's mm. not, not not a big deal. <laughs> um, so we learned that there are 120 disciples, would you think about the 12 apostles, now down to 11, um, and the thousands of people that follow Jesus in his ministry? I think it's significant that there's still 120 people that are sort of stuck with him. Um, and uh, Peter gives this speech and says, first, um, you have to acknowledge the bad thing that's happened, you know, what happened with Judas. And, and now Peter seems to begin to understand that the Old Testament did speak about Jesus, even though he didn't really get it when he was, when Jesus was kind of in his earthly ministry, and that uh, Judas was part of the whole plan. Um, and they have to pick somebody to replace him, and, and they give um, kind of two qualifications. One, it has to be an eyewitness, and two, had to be somebody that was with them from the very beginning through the very end. So, it's very yeah, specific. Yeah, that's, that's the, the definition of, of an apostle. To, yeah, exactly. So, that's why um, sometimes we use the terms apostle and disciple interchangeably. It's not really true. Apostle is one of the 12, um, or in this case, then the 11, then plus Matthias, who we get to in just a second. Um, and then uh, and a disciple is just any student of Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. The apostles were given specific apostolic ministry, which means they were sent ones uh, going, going to tell, tell the word. So, yeah, so they have to pick another one. And, and the job description says, you know, under the qualification section, has to be somebody who was with us from from the beginning to the end and mm -hmm. was an eyewitness. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's how they get their list, and they choose two people, and I love it because it's you know sometimes I love the that scriptures they're praying. don't. Well, they don't have enough. Sometimes the scriptures don't give enough detail, and here it's like too much. Like, why do we need all three names of Joseph? Joseph, like Joseph. called Barsabas. And some of us call him Spanky. It's like, we don't need this level of info, Luke. Uh, but yeah, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. Uh, and then, uh, and Barsabbas actually means son of the father, really. And it's not really clear why that, I mean, who knows? Maybe there are a lot of Josephs and they needed to tell them apart. It's like George Yeah, Foreman. and Justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I think there's a I think there's an interesting thing here, you know, and uh, one of the reasons why is because, uh, you know, they often say that when you read the New Testament, you see them naming these folks. These people were actually leaders in the early church. And uh, I think sometimes, especially in our world, um, you know, it's like we get the impression that the priest is supposed to be everything or the deacon is those are the only people that really matter. You know, only the apostles, those who were called to be apostles really matter and everybody else was just kicking around. And I think the powerful thing about this is that both um, both were both have a call uh, by God, and clearly because they named him three times, you know, he obviously had a call as well. And you know, and I think that's the same thing with all of us as uh, Christians, and especially as we move forward into the season of Pentecost, is that as a part of the church, you have been called out. You are a part of a called out community, and you have a call. It may not be the same call as Aaron and I, you know, uh, it may not be, but as a disciple, and I love that distinction between apostle and disciple, as a disciple, um, God, has, uh, God has given you a call to do a ministry as well, wherever that may be. Yeah, so because you do you you do have kind of like a you know last episode of the voice thing going on here, which you know who's going to win the thing? Yeah, and uh, and it's it's interesting that they uh, pray and cast lots. This is not how we elect vestry members or bishops or anything, but it is clearly what the early church felt comfortable with. Um, I actually wonder, you know, this is me just on the side, you know, there's some churches that try to be very primitive and like go back to what the first century church was like. I wonder if they elect their pastor by casting The lots. Coptic, the Coptic, uh, they elect their Pope that way and they put the Let's names see. in a jar and then a little child, they blindfold the That's little awesome. child and he chooses the name. It's really fascinating to watch. Is there a pinata involved? <clears throat> no, but I watched the last uh, choosing of the Coptic Pope and it's really interesting. But anyway, we digress. The point is, is that both, um, both men, um, have a call and men and women um, in this community, um, this called out community have a call. It's different. It's not all the same, but uh, we, we do are called by God. And uh, that's the important thing to notice here too, is that it's not like Matthias and, and, and uh, Joseph called Barabbas called justice. Uh, they, they weren't like known, they were known by God, but it's God who gives the calling and God has given you a calling as well as a result of your baptism. And, yeah. uh, and that's good news, and it's always good to share the good message. And the other thing that I would add here is that um, how profoundly uh, humble it is to pray, pick two people, pray again, and then just roll the dice. Like, uh, churches don't do this, except the Coptic church, I guess. Um, and businesses certainly don't do this when they do their succession planning for their next CEO or whatever. Most of the time we feel like, well, we'll get all the resumes, we'll do all the interviews, we'll check all the references, we'll do a strategic analysis, we'll do the SWOT analysis, we'll do whatever, and then we'll pick the best person for the job. And it very much believes that you can know everything and make a good decision. The disciples, they pick two people that are qualified, but then they just leave it in God's hands. And it's just an amazing release of control. It's like the opposite of being a control freak and, um, you know, just letting it go. Uh, and this is for a pretty important role, uh, picking somebody, uh, to, to be one of the 12. Um, but they say, God, you know, everyone's heart acknowledging that they don't know everything. Um, also acknowledging that what's important is this person's heart, uh, not what's on the outside necessarily. It's just, it's a very hands-off way of choosing somebody to lead in ministry. It's so not what humans normally do. It's not how typically we run our own lives. And there's something here about 
trusting Jesus so much that you'll just let it go, uh, as opposed to keeping a tight, white-knuckle, control freak grip on everything in life. Yep. Um, that's good. Well, then we come to 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13. And here we see the Apostle John talking about a testimony. And it's really important that we understand what he means by testimony here. And uh, a lot of the times, I think so much in the American church, testimony has become like kind of like the Jesus Pepsi challenge. You know, I used to, uh, you know, I used to be a really terrible person, had bad breath, not a lot of friends. But then I met Jesus and all of a sudden my life became wonderful and I have the best smile ever and a lot of friends. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and that is not uh, what the um, what the apostles mean here by testimony. Uh, the, the, their testimony is um, about the Son, the Son, and uh, and Jesus's testimony is about God the Father. And so you see that the the, the testimony that John is talking about here is very uh, Christ-centered and Christ-focused. Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, the, the Christ-centered thing. You're exactly right, Jake. I mean. The sun is so central to John's uh, passage here, the S-O-N, sun. If you have the sun, you have life. If you do not have the son of God, you do not have life. Now, that's not to be read in some sort of like mean sort of way to exclude people. Um, it's just a definition. It's just, it's just sort of a statement of reality. If yep. Jesus Christ, you can't, <laughs> let me collect my thoughts here. You can't read John 1 the first chapter of the Gospel of John, to be distinguished from this epistle of John, this letter of John, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then that passage goes on to say that nothing exists that wasn't created through the Logos, the Word of God. Everything that exists, exists through the Logos, because God, in the person of the Son, is actively holding it together. Mm -hmm. God the Son is the source of everything the source of light and life, the source of existence itself, and the subatomic particles and forces that hold me and Jake together and prevent us from flying off in a million directions and um, in a great release of uh, energy. Um, that's the Son of God. He's the source of life. And so if you're not connected to that, you don't have life. I mean, He, he is life, with a capital L. And so... Um, this is not John trying in this, you know, who has the son has life, whoever does not. It's not saying like, you know, you're in our club or you're not, you know, it's, it's not that kind of thing. It's just yeah. a statement of Jesus is so all encompassing. He is the ground of being. He is life itself. And if you're not connected from him, you're cutting yourself off from mm -hmm. the source of, of life. Um, John then goes on to say the, the reason I'm telling you this is, again, not so that anybody would be cut off, but so that you may know that you have eternal life yeah. um, to assure you. Yeah, and uh, you know, in the I mean, he uses some tough words here. You know, uh, those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning His Son. You know, and AKA, well, why is that? Because, uh, well, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, I think first, um, because um, God has spoken and mm -hmm. said, uh, you need to be saved. You know what I mean? You need something apart from you. Uh, two, we've said, no, we don't. We're completely fine. And, mm -hmm. um, and so this is to um, actually deny that everything God has been planning since the beginning. Um, you know, uh, 
It is uh, Jesus was never plan B. Jesus was always plan A. And yeah. uh, this was and this is the whole testimony. And so essentially you make God out a liar because you're saying, oh, actually, I know better than you. This is the problem right from the beginning with Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? Uh, we know better. And uh, mm -hmm. that is the problem. But the testimony is, is that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son, as you said, the very crux that holds the entire universe together. And uh, by believing in the name of the son of God, you may have eternal life, you know, because yeah. it's the only way you have eternal life. It's not, a, yeah. there's like not another way you can have eternal life. It's not like, oh, well, we're basically nice. It's, uh, yeah. it's this is the only way. Yeah, and I think your point about testimonies is excellent because you, we have come to see it as you call it the Pepsi challenge, the I once was lost but now I'm found uh, kind of story, that, that narrative of personal change. But really it, what testimony means, it, again, in the legal setting, which is kind of how it's used here, is a sworn statement. Like yeah, I that, swear that's that this how is it's the used truth. Here. That's how right, it's exactly. used here. And so the, the testimony of God is, I, <laughs> I promise uh, um, and that that Jesus is my son and this son is the one through whom you have life and, and all that. So, uh, and they're saying we've believed that testimony. Um, and the, the, um, the point here about eternal life, and this is kind of my final thought on this passage is that a lot of people hear this as, um, eternal life means getting into heaven. And certainly that's, you know, the next life is in view here, but this is not, a passage that's about getting into heaven, that's or at right. least that's a very narrow way to view it. Like eternal life begins right now. Mm -hmm. Life is here and now, as Jesus says, the kingdom of God is near to you. It has come near to you. So this isn't a question about where do you go when you die. That's a very narrow way to read this passage. This is a question about are you connected to the capital L life of God yeah. at this very moment? And that, you know, that connection will carry you on through this life and to the next. But that's, yeah, this passage is not a um, turn or burn uh, thing. Or that's, that's a, as I said, a very narrow way to read it. Jesus comes to offer you, as he says in John chapter 10, life and life in the full. And that's a, that's a very present reality. Absolutely. And this is just, remember, this is description. You know, it's it, like, it's not a... It's not that God, uh, John here is, is telling you to do something like, oh, believe the testimony of God or don't believe the testimony of God. No, what he's just, he is, we receive, if we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. You know, for this is the testimony of, he's like, this is the description. Um, and so you can, and that's right. And, and uh, to rest in that testimony is to have life now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's mixed and it's hidden, but um but uh, it is the only testimony that has eternal life. And so... And, and that's yeah. right, Jake. And I, and I, I said I, I, I lied when I said I had only one, no, nothing more to say. I think you just... But that's because you said something really brilliant, which is that well, the life... You. I mean, and it just happens. It's, it's just like these pearls fall from your lips. It's amazing. I know, I know. Um, the, it's the Holy uh, Spirit. The, um, <laughs> that you said that the life we have now is mixed. Mm. So there are people listening now and people that will listen to you if you're a preacher, when you, if you talk about this passage, who will say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't feel like I have life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in a pretty dark place right now. Uh, things are hard for me or whatever. And I think the one, that, one of the things we talk about on this podcast a lot is the fact that the gospel is a word from outside yourself and the reality of it and the truth of it does not depend on your emotions 
your financial situation, the ups and downs of your life. Uh, if you have the sun, you have life. And if you have not the sun, then you don't have life. There it is. Um, that's not, and that's not a statement about your psychodynamic situation at the moment, because that's yeah. up and down all the time. So you can, you, you ha if you are baptized and sealed by the Holy Spirit, it's Christ's own forever, uh, and your faith is in Him, uh, you are in the sun, uh, even if you don't feel like it, because the Amen. sun holds on to you. Um, even that's when you the get testimony weak, so. of God. Exactly. And, uh, and, exactly. And, and we see that here in our gospel reading, John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is a very, you know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I love John. It's so easy. So John is not easy and clear, especially in the Greek. Um, it's, he, it's he rough. Is, he is tough to read, and you've got to read him slowly. But here you see, and this is a very, this is an interesting play here, but you have Jesus, the second Adam, praying in the garden here, praying in a garden, uh, where the first Adam, he didn't bother to, and he lost the one that God had given him, Eve, um, and then he lost himself. Uh, Jesus, the second Adam, is praying for his uh, bridegroom, or for the bridegroom is praying for his bride, and here, and uh, assuring us that all that the Father had given him, he's not lost even one. And uh, so this is what makes it true for you in your life, like going back to what uh, John is writing in his epistle, is that it's true because Jesus has said it's true, uh, whether you see it or not. You have life because Jesus has said you have, and he's made you his bride. And so we see him and he, you know, and he opens right up and you've got to read this really slow because there's all this like, you gave to me, I gave to you, they gave to each other, da, 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 you know, and um, so but if you really read this slowly, you know, you say, I have made your na name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what you need to understand the first thing is so one, this is the bridegroom praying to the to the father to save his bride and to assure that that bride is saved. And then second, you begin to see who's the protagonist in this whole thing. It's most certainly not us. You know what I mean? We're the ones being saved and pulled out of this. And if we're the ones being saved, if it's God's action, then God's going to see it to the fruition. He's not about to let his creatures have the final say. Uh, those are just a couple of things that jump out at me. Um, what do you think, Aaron? Anything? Yes, yes, Jake. I have many thoughts. Uh, I just didn't want to like. Things... I didn't want to. I didn't want to take it all. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for leaving me. The crumbs, even, crumbs. Even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from Jake's table. <laughs> um, so the thing at the end here is really powerful because it talks about what I have a it's funny, like. I have a to, funny story about that afterwards. I'll tell okay, you. I'm talking now. I have the floor. Sorry. sorry. I have the talking stick. Uh, save your story. I want to hear it. Uh, the thing here at the end where it talks about being in the world and it talks mm. about the Christian's relationship to the world that there'll always be some level of animosity that the world has mm. uh, to, um, to, to the Christian. Uh, because the, and this is, um, this is not, I'm not talking about like at Starbucks when they say happy holidays or something like that. What this is saying is that the Christian perspective is so at odds with the world values and what the world thinks it's important if you are someone who rests in the grace of God, who rests in your belovedness and doesn't need to prove yourself every second, you will look like someone who is actually comfortable in his or her own skin, 
which is terrifying to the world because everybody uh-huh. else is trying to prove themselves. And there's something very unsettling about somebody who's not scared all the time, mm. if everybody else is scared all the time. Uh, and um, there can be something very attractive and compelling about it, but also sort of scary and weird, and, and the world has a hard time with it. But what's interesting is Jesus, his, his prayer for them is opposite from what we would pray necessarily. When we are in a tough situation, a.k.a. the world, um, yes, Jesus asks that God would, the Father would protect us believers from the evil one, he doesn't ask that we would be removed from the world. He doesn't say, he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world because he has a mission for us. But he does say, I ask you to protect them from the evil one um, and that they would be sanctified in the truth and your word is truth. Now, I was taught one way to read that passage long, long ago, that to be sanctified meant that I had to read the Bible a ton. That's what this, this text was lifted up as sort of a proof text to say, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. So reading it like some sort of logical uh, equation, uh, it was said, okay, the goal of Christianity is to be holy, sanctified. If we're sanctified by truth and God's word is truth, then what we need to do is just read more of the word of God. And the more Bible I consume and digest, the more of a better person I will become. Um, And that is probably the, uh, I mean, it's not bad to read. The, please read the Bible. Jake and I love the scriptures. They are the authoritative, inspired word of God. Um, but the Bible is not, it's not like eating bran. Uh, you know, if you eat enough of it, it'll improve your digestive health. It's not like getting your probiotics or something like that. The, the word of God is Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, to, so sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. What this is saying is, not memorize the Bible because it'll turn you into a perfect Christian robot. We all know lots of people who've memorized lots of passages of Scripture that are horrible people. I'm going to emphasize it. They're really like a gutter, horrible people. And um, the Bible's not some magic book where if you memorize it, it's like a Harry Potter wand that will, like spells that you can cast off, you know, whatever. This is saying stay connected to the gospel, the word of God, Jesus Christ, his message of grace and forgiveness and pardon and mercy and love. And, and that coming back to the gospel again and again is the thing that actually ultimately sanctifies us. So all that to say is Jesus doesn't pluck us out of the world. He doesn't pluck us out of our problems. We stay there. He says, protect them from the evil one and stay connected to the gospel. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 so and all of that comes from the stuff at the beginning and again this is almost too much to preach on preachers but if i were doing this i would pick one idea at the beginning which is to say um that uh is to assure people that they are held onto by god that god holds on to them this all mine are yours and yours are mine they are yours this is jesus talking about you and me we belong to god that cannot be shaken that's that's the uh, that's the word of love, the word of grace here in this passage, um, and I would say that, and then I would move on to this idea that, and our only job now is not to try harder to be better. What it means to be sanctified in truth is to stay close to the gospel, mm-hmm. and Jesus will do the protecting of us from the evil one, and he'll he'll get us home. That's how I yeah. would use it. That's my long speech. Sorry. Absolutely, that's Thanks really good. Um, that's uh, powerful, and uh, you're absolutely right. Jesus uh, does not pull us out of the world. Um, 
because he didn't escape the world either. He enters into it and he loves the world that he lays his life down for uh, for it. And um, and as Christians, that's what we do. And so for his sake, he sanctifies. He, that's why he says, I sanctify myself so that they may also be sanctified in this truth. What is this truth? Will you go back to the epistle? Uh, the testimony of God is greater. And that is uh, those who believe in the Son of God have this, th- those who believe... Uh, where is it at? God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. You know, mm. and uh, and whether you are Matthias or whether you are Joseph, whose also name is Charlie, also known as um, as Hank, you know, or whatever it is, you have a call and a mission in this world to uh, share that testimony, and um, and uh, that is that's good news. And I tell you, it's 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 uplifting in the midst of a, a hopeless world to be given uh, a ray of hope. Uh, that God has done it all for you is good news. You know, little known fact, um, uh, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Little Debbie. That's what the disciples, he loved those little snack cakes and he, he ate them all the time. And that's why they just gave him a hard time. That's, it's, uh, I thought it was it's an Joker. Agnostic gospel. I yeah. thought it was Joker. All right, clearly we've milked that joke as much as we possibly can. It's um, time to end the podcast. It is time to end. But let me just tell you a little funny thing, a funny oh, story. Oh, yeah, bring so, it back to your story. So I was... Um, By all means, Jake, back to you. No, please, so go ahead. I was, I was asked to uh, be at this, like, do this preaching thing, and uh, it was really great. It's called and a the, sermon? No, it was like a little, like, teaching on preaching. And so, mm. and uh, anyway, there were a, a number of people on the panel, and anyway, the first person on the panel had nine points. And, uh, and so when it came to me, I was just like, thank you very much. Let's all go home. So, <laughs> so there it is. Um, but preachers, you have something to say. And what you have to say is uh, the testimony of God is much greater. And the testimony of God is not about you or what you're doing or what your parish is doing or how they're feeling. The testimony of God pulls us outside of ourselves to Christ and him crucified, uh, where we have eternal life. And uh, that's the testimony you and I have to proclaim. So happy preaching, everyone. Do it. Somebody's looking, somebody cares Somebody wonders what you're doing today You know we crucified him, buried him But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.